everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. And tonight's episode is called The Intruder. It aired on June 2nd, 2017. And it was, I didn't write down the season of the episode. <gasps> so we'll have, it's first time I forgot those. So we, we're just lost at sea here. It's season 25. Season 25, maybe episode 56. No, I, I think it's episode 33 or 34. <laughs> 32-7? It's going to be episode 32 through 38. Somewhere in there. And it's hosted by the lovely Andrea Canning. Yay. And yay, I love Andrea. So everyday people thrust into a thriller. That's what we hear about this episode. And we hear repeatedly that it is like a John Grisham novel, to which I feel like John Grisham would have something to say about that. How much, how much John Grisham have you read? I've read, like, maybe an, a book and a half. So, like, a decent amount. Yeah, like, one and a half of his novels. They're probably at least 30, and I've read one and a half. But I've seen maybe three and a half of the movies that are based on his books. Why did I feel like John Grisham had four books? No, I feel like he probably has more. Isn't he more like Stephen King? Yeah, I think I'm thinking of someone else. All right, continue. Who, Ignore you, me. who, who would you be thinking of? Are you thinking of Michael Crichton? I was thinking of Michael Crichton, but I think now that I'm thinking about it, Michael Crichton probably also has 20 to 30 novels under his belt. Yeah. And you just know Jurassic Park. Apologies all around. Yeah. We're sorry, guys. You guys are prolific, (laughs) unlike our podcast. Which is professional. (laughs) (laughs) Soups. Soups prof. So the episode starts with a 911 call. Always a good way to start an episode. Shots fired. People are dead. This man on the phone with a bit of a thick New York, not New York, uh, I guess a Maine accent, right? Or New Hampshire, somewhere East Coasterly. I think you can just say New England. Yeah. So he goes, my wife is up there. I figure she's dead. (laughs) Like a gumshoe cop. I, I figure she's dead. That's all you got for us. Um, he just left her. But he she just was ran not out the dead. Door. It was her friend. He was shot and bleeding. He thought his wife was shot. His wife was not shot. But his wife's friend who was staying with them was very badly shot three times. And then we meet Special Agent Pam Flick, I think. Yes. She says that the lady that was shot is Rachel Owens. She was hit three times, and she's in serious condition. And the homeowner, this dude who we never really meet, the homeowner, the elusive homeowner. They literally call him the homeowner the entire time. They never tell us his name. He wants to be anonymous on Dateline. Why does he want nothing to do with this story? Someone was shot in your house. Do you're not Talk about it. I would want, I would, it would literally be the only thing I would talk about for the rest of my life. Every party that we went to, our friends would be like, yes, Kimberly, we know that someone was shot in your house. I'd be like, I know, but let me just tell you this one thing. The guy was wearing a baklava. I mean, a balaclava, whatever it's called. Balaclava. Um, Yeah. Balaclava. Did I tell you that part already? Because I just, I had to, I just remembered that little detail. I wanted to throw that in there. I would talk about it nonstop to anyone who would listen. Could it be like you were at a party where there was baklava and you would hold it up and say, do you know what this baklava reminds me of? (laughs) Did I ever tell you that the intruder in my home, of which I am a homeowner, wore a balaclava and then just walk away? You'd be that person. Yeah, I would work it into every conversation plausible. Oh, you have a Ford? I'd be like, the getaway driver, we don't know what he had, but it could have been a Ford because that's a brand of car. And my a car is like a home. I own both. I'm a homeowner. And my home was broken into, and this lady was shot a bunch of times. I survived. Do you want to see my scar? Let me show you my scar. <laughs> I would talk oh, I about see. it now. And then my wife, who would be in the other room because she was not shot at all. And I'd be like, honey, you were barely there. She tr- always tries to interject like she was involved in the story. She was not even involved. She didn't even get shot, okay? I know what it's like to be shot. I would be the most obnoxious person ever. And these people don't want to appear on Dateline. I don't get it. So the homeowner, all that they can say is that the intruder was 5'9 and wore a balaclava. No, we got one more thing. We got he was right-handed. Okay, that's just, so most of the population. It so, is. 
it would also be another segue for you at parties. Oh, I see you're right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else at this party, because very few people are left-handed. You but could use you know it multiple times. Was, <laughs> you know who else was right-handed? The guy who shot me. That I would do it all the time. So, I know, I'm so obnoxious. So, I literally had no idea what a balaclava was. I thought it was like a Russian dessert. I kept thinking it was a baklava. Yeah. And I made that joke on Twitter several times and no one laughed back at me. Um, No one laughed back at you? No, they were not like, oh, that's funny. They were, no one thought it was funny. Oh, tough crowd. Uh, It's a dad joke. I know it's like a dad joke, but... I really was confused. It, I, it's the thing with the ski mask that just has the eyes. Yeah. Is that it? Yes. Like normally, would a ski mask have the mouth as well? Yeah, normally a like ski a, mask a has. Right. So this would have a full face covering. Normally, I, yeah, a ski mask has a mouth so you can eat and drink stuff. This How is did different. How you breathe? Not well. So the. Guy, the the homeowner, is says that the intruder went right upstairs and shot the friend, Rachel Owens. Right. Rachel's son gets the call. His mom was shot. And he describes his mom as caring, loving, warm, optimistic. He doesn't specifically say that she loved life, but you really get the sense that she loved life and maybe lit up a room with her smile. But you know why he doesn't say those things? Because we're going to get to it. Because they watch Dateline. And they know that you don't say that. No, because she doesn't die. Right. He could still describe her as loving life, even though she's alive. I don't think so. I think that is, I think that's reserved exclusively for For dead people. Yeah. So you can never describe someone as lighting up a room with their smile or loving life while they are still alive. No. Okay. I didn't know that rule. If this is only an attempted murder, you are then... Warm, caring, sincere, all the things that he said. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Those are the rules now. You save the gushy stuff for the dead people. Yeah, the sort of overblown stuff. Yes, she was the best person I ever met in my entire life. (laughs) Right. Right. Really? Was she? (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) So they... And the son's uh, name is Wayne, by the way. Wayne is the son. So Wayne says that his dad was home in New Hampshire, where his parents live. He drives out, that Wayne does, to the hospital, and she is under an alias at the hospital, under armed guards, because they think someone is still out to get her, because she seems to have maybe survived the shooting, and someone might want to come and finish off the job. And the police are befuddled, which is, that's exactly what they say, befuddled. Wayne says that his mom was pale and looked horrible, and I was like, dude, she was shot in the head, so don't be a jerk about it. You know, you could say she looked okay. Yeah. She maybe didn't have makeup on, but she she's doing pretty good. She has a bullet in her brain. So they are from a town called Londonderry? Londonberry? Londonderry. Yeah, I checked. Londonderry. Londonderry. New Hampshire. How amazing does that sound? I want to live there. Are you sure? Londonderry. Londonderry. It sounds... Yeah, it's like London and a dairy. Like, so- there's cheese there. No, it sounds it- really pretentious. There's really expensive cheese oh. there. There's really expensive cheese, brick homes, or those little tigers that lead up to the house. Lots of that kind of stuff in London I Dairy. Love, I love expensive cheese. <laughs> in, in fact, someone that we went to college with says they have a video of me from graduation at college saying that once I graduated from college, I was going to be able to afford expensive cheese. Oh, how wrong they were. He tells me that every time I see him and I say, I still cannot afford expensive cheese. So I was, I had no idea how cruel, cruel world could be because (laughs) I thought my, I was brimming with hope that with this college education, I would be able to afford expensive cheese. And yet it has been like, 30 years since college, and I cannot afford expensive cheese. I'm still with the cheapo brands. It's really sad. And I use the coupons at Vons. I know. It's sad. So there's this baby-faced cop. I did not catch his name, but he has really big lips, and he looks about 11 years old. Nick Pinardi. He's Okay, Nick. He's very cute. He goes to see Greg, the husband, and in New Hampshire, and says, your wife is shot. And 
Greg Owens goes into shock. He's freaking out. They bring him to the police station. He asks if she's alive. And he says, prognosis, which I thought was very, I don't know, it made me laugh. And it's a good question. It's a valid question. And you know what? Most suspects on Dateline become suspects when they don't ask how the person is. What happened to them? How are they doing? And the cops always go, that's really weird. It's almost like they already knew, you know? Mm -hmm. But he asks a bunch of times, which was is, I was like, okay, good, good, Greg. So he says that his wife, Rachel, had been struggling with her health a little bit. She maybe had early onset dementia. He thought this trip away to her friend's house would improve her health. And I, that did not make sense to me because why would you send someone away that you have to remind to eat? I'm the primary caregiver. I'm going to send her away. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. And again, we haven't met the friends that she was staying with, so we don't know how responsible they are if they reminded her to eat. Greg says no one would want to hurt her. No one would want Edward to do anything bad to her. He worked for the military in counterterrorism, stuff like that, and they said maybe it has something to do with your job. And he's like, I hadn't even considered that, but no, I don't think so. And again, I was like, that's really smart because a lot of times the suspects will automatically have a story. You know who did it. It's somebody that wanted to get to me because of blah, blah, blah. Right. But he's like, I didn't even think of that. Mm -hmm. He says he worked all night on his computer at home in New Hampshire. He left to go to the Circle K for cigarettes, and then in the morning he went for coffee. So he is a health freak. <laughs> the Big Lips Baby Cop says that he was very forthcoming and seems like he was a, you know, a good witness. I wanted to say that were you immediately suspicious of Greg? No, because of those two things. Or maybe I thought he was being too good. Mm. He was being really good. His tears seemed genuine. And his answers did not seem to be preconceived. I think he you're did wrong. everything right. He did everything right. I was immediately suspicious when he faked the heart attack. When he they show up at the house and they <laughs> so they say it's shock eventually, but he pretty much fakes having a heart attack and goes to the hospital <laughs> where they say you're fine. And I think that if somebody who had apparently had this huge military career I don't think that he would go into that kind of an intense reaction hearing that his wife has been shot. I think that he would be a soldier and be a lot stronger than that. Also, in the interview, did you notice there's a in the interview with the cops at the station, they have a trash can right in front of him. Like and he I, was going to throw up? Like he was going to throw up. Yeah, I noticed that too. And I, I think that's a little dramatic. I think that he probably said, you know, I really just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Can we just move that trash can here? He just wanted to make it as believable as possible that he was so distraught. Also, I think he's so distraught because he didn't finish the job. Because he keeps I... asking if she's all right, meaning like, right. I hope I killed her properly. I consider myself to be very strong and almost like an army woman. I can do almost two push-ups. <laughs> and I went into shock earlier in the year, as you know, when I fell down the stairs and sprained my ankle. Shock is real. That's physical pain. That's physical pain. My blood pressure was very, very low, and they said I was in shock. That's physical pain. My training in whatever that corporation on Alias was would have made me more better at dealing with something like that. <laughs> so I'm not going to judge Greg for getting a little queasy and maybe thinking he was having a heart attack. I it could have been a panic attack. Like, she's still alive. I'm having a full-on panic attack. Okay, maybe it was that. But I think that he had planned to go into some sort of a heart attack because I don't know how to appropriately respond well enough. So I'm going to go over the top. Right. It makes sense because we've seen all sorts of reactions and they always look suspicious. Yeah. One, guy fell, one guy fell asleep in the cop car That's right. while they were <laughs> carrying out the body. And it turned out he didn't do it. And it's just because your body goes into shock and then you get really tired. And he took a little nappy Day in the night. car. Day so night. it can happen. I think Greg seemed very smart and had well thought out. Everything was good. He was a pretty good actor because I was like, those tears seem pretty good. The cops aren't saying there was no tears coming out, which they always say. There was, like, no liquid coming out, but he was crying. And I thought his answers seemed not well rehearsed, not incriminating. So I thought he did a good job. He's a smart guy is all I'm saying. You really do, do disagree with me on this. That's I shocking. do. I agree with Big Lips Baby Cop, who said that he was 
very forthcoming. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bullet still lodged in his wife's head, and they don't know what to do. We still haven't met the friends whose house it was. And they decide to leave in the bullet, which is amazing. And her vitals stabilize, and she survives. You know, it was one of those things if the bullet had been a centimeter to one degree or the other, it would have killed her. And she is peppy and spunky. She and is. And she it gets interviewed by Andrea. She looks great. She does. She talks very well. She doesn't feel the bullet in her brain at all. She's like, oh, no, it's just in there. It's fine. She says when they said they couldn't get the bullet out, she's like, okay, what am I going to do? Whatever. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I stress about a hangnail. And she is like, what's, whatever. That's what life. are you going to do? So can we all just a- adapt her attitude? I'm not going to complain about things anymore. I'll be like, Rachel has a bullet in her head. So the husband, Greg, takes care of her during the recovery at the hospital. She doesn't remember anything about the night she was sleeping. The only thing she remembers (laughs) is that the intruder had a Jamaican hat. And this lit up on Twitter. People were like, what is a Jamaican hat? Does she mean the Rastafarian hat with the braids that are attached to it? That's what I thought of. Did you think the intruder wore something like that to throw everyone off? Yeah. Because that would be all that's all you would see. You would never notice any facial features whatsoever because you'd be like, they were wearing fake dreadlocks and a Rastafarian hat. That's all I saw. I don't even know if they had eyes because that all I saw was the Rastafarian dreadlocks. So at the house, there was a footprint outside the flower bed. The special agent girl, Pam, with the great hair. She's she has really pretty hair, doesn't she? She does. She. Yeah, you could tell Andrea noticed. So Pam tells us that the lead detective there has to protect the footprint from the rain, and he takes off his coat and he puts it down over the footprint. And I was like, oh, that's so romantic, like you would do in a movie to guide someone over a puddle, except he did it to protect the footprint. And I was like, is he single? It still makes no sense because the the coat over the puddle in the movie, it swooshes down. You still get wet. It would definitely smush, and I would think it would smear the footprint a little bit, which is the entire point of the footprint, is that it's not smeared. So they would have to be really careful. And maybe they propped it up with, like, sticks, so it just laid over it like a like a tent. That's what I would do. Also, it was raining. It definitely could have been a raincoat. They just should have said, took off his raincoat and put it over. Because that would have That's made true. a little more sense, because those are plasticky and hard and... That seems like it would sit there, but... That's possible. They find this broken door, and they find these two panes of glass that are shattered, and in between there's a tiny piece of hair, and so they take the hair, and then they swab inside where the glass is, right? Is that what was happening? Correct. The casings, they're shell casings that are from 1987, which is, like, very old and strange, and apparently do bullets go bad? Somebody on Twitter said that they are surprised that bullets still worked. Do you know anything about guns or bullets? No. For two people who have a Dateline podcast, we know very little about weaponry. I feel like anything (laughs) that is 30 years old, I mean, the bullets are 30 years old, right? They're bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like wine doesn't go bad. Maybe bullets age. Gunpowder. Like wine. Gunpowder just gets better. wine. Yeah. More explosive. (laughs) Right. So it wasn't a burglary. There was nothing taken. They did show, did you see there was like a Mission Impossible with the green lights showing the bullet paths where you'd have to crawl under it? Did you see no, that? No, I missed it. It they was did cool. That. There was like one shot of like photos showing the trajectory oh. of the bullets with the green lights and it looked very Mission Impossible. Oh. So the Sacco police, which is just a funny name to me, that's where they are. They get a call that leads them to Oshkosh. And they, the call they get leads us to this lady named Betsy. Betsy Wonky. You're excited, ab- I, you're excited about Betsy? I'm excited about Betsy immediately because they start off with her business. Talk about her business. I'm going to talk about the Warrior Princess Training Center where she's helping women in the art of self-defense and self-protection. And I think it's fantastic. You know, she's, a, again, a career military woman. Andrea has switched out of the leather jacket that she wears for a lot of the interview into a little pink top with a pearl collar, which I'm not sure if is the correct shirt to wear to meet the woman who runs the Warrior Princess Defense Team, but that's cool. 
No, that's right. You go super girly when you're meeting a warrior princess. I feel... You go the other direction. No, the outfits should have been switched. Andrea should have been in her leather jacket to meet the warrior princess defense team. And Andrea gets in on the action. We see her throughout get to punch the bags and do... Listen... If Andrea was more self-conscious and was a poser, she would wear the leather jacket trying to fit into this, oh, I'm going to this warrior princess thing. I'm going to hit a big bag, so I better wear this leather jacket. But instead, she's like, I'm going to wear this little Peter Pan collar shirt because I can still be a delightful Andrea who is clearly preppy and not have to be a poser. Well, she changes the shirt for the hitting for actually going into the training center and she wears a white blouse with butterflies on it yes andrea because float like a butterfly sting like a bee it's muhammad ali who also was a boxer you see where the connection goes genius genius andrea don't criticize andrea's outfits we usually love andrea's outfits. i like andrea's outfits i'm saying that they could have been switched for the interviews she still yeah, had diamonds on with the leather jacket. She had blue <laughs> diamonds. She could have, I mean, that's it's still how she rolls. Oh. That's how she rolls. She's like, I'm not even going to take out my earrings while I punch this bag. Oh, brother. No girl hold my earrings. She was like, I'm going for it still. So you obviously I, seem like you're not a fan of Betsy and her warrior. I hated Betsy. <gasps> I still hate Betsy. What? Betsy was annoying. She is a hunter. And obsessed with hunting. She had dead animal heads on her wall behind her. She would go on safari hunts. Did she show? She's one of those people who goes. Okay, but so did Greg. And you. Yes. I don't like Greg either once I found that out. But you did defend him and his ridiculous heart attack antics in the opening scenes. (laughs) I thought he seemed smart. I did. We're going to. Are you okay? Have you been sleeping? (laughs) I'm worried about this. I did not like Betsy at all. She, I appreciate the whole girl power thing that she's doing, teaching girls to defend themselves, women, whatever, warrior princess. I love it. She is a bodybuilder chick that, again, I can do two push-ups. So I'm basically like she is. I do have a question for how the bodybuilders get so hairless because they have like the smoothest legs and arms wax. I've ever seen. Wax. Wax. See, that's, but there's no, they use makeup on it too, right? They tan because it looks so smooth. A few trips ago when I went to Vegas, there was a bodybuilding convention at the hotel I was in and we talked to one of the people that had been changing the rooms and they said all the beds were orange. All of the beds <gasps> were orange because of the amount of spray tan and makeup. It's ridiculous. Okay, I don't, it's not my thing, but good for her for having a hobby. I'm also going to say, I can't believe you're not on more on Team Betsy with Wonder Woman being released this weekend. Those are two totally separate things. You don't think Dateline timed this episode for when Wonder Woman was being released and there is a, the main interview is a woman who runs a warrior princess training camp. No, I do not. And I do not think that you have to have guns to be a super girl because ask Buffy. He hated guns. Dateline hit me back on this. Was it coinciding on purpose? No one on Twitter even liked Betsy either. So. What? All right, press I on. She, I did something about her I did not like. What? And it was probably all the dead animals. So <sighs> in 2006, it was not the fact that she wore purple in every single interview. Different outfits of purple. You, we like purple. She, I do. Not every single outfit. So 2006, her marriage was falling apart. She boards a flight home and the stewardess says, a man just upgraded you to first class. So she goes up and talks to him the whole flight. They shared the passion for hunting and fishing. They go, they stay friends for three years until she gets a divorce. And then she's like, I should go out with this guy, which was hysterical to me because he paid all the money to upgrade her seat. And it took him three years in the friend zone to get a date with her. That did not pan out well for him. We don't know if that, we don't know if he was trying though. He may have not even been sure that he was. Of course he was trying. Okay. Of, why else would a man do that? I think he was. Oh, sweet baby Katie naive. Why would a man upgrade a woman to first class? You're calling me naive? I think he was trying to get part of the Mile High Club. I don't think he had any intention of it. But like Booty that, call. but that night. But he, that's what I'm saying. He got nothing. That's true. For three so like, years. yeah, why would he keep it going? It was the All longest. Right, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it was the longest con ever. 
Then they became friends. He's like, I don't need any more friends, okay? I just paid for you to come up to first class where they have real linen and it doesn't smell like diapers. So you better give me a BJ or something in the bathroom because I'm, and she's like, no, I'm married. He's like, I am too. It doesn't matter. So he got nothing out of that for three years. True. But anyways, they fall in love really fast once they start dating. So guess who was that man? <gasps> Are we shocked? We're not that shocked. I was a little bit shocked. <laughs> no, you weren't. What? When I watched the episode, I'm like, why are we are hearing? Are you okay? I was... Why are Here's you so I... naive all of a sudden? First of all, my first thought was, why am I hearing this story? Is this going to be the homeowner? It's going to be like some <laughs> sort of connection that yeah. I don't care that about. That would be a good twist. Or she's going to. That would be a good twist. Or she's going to be, you know, uh, the wife of the prosecutor, something. That's what I thought it was right. going. Because sometimes <laughs> they interview people and they interview them for two seconds and we don't hear from them again. We hear from like, you know, the friends of the family for two seconds. So that's what yeah. I thought. So when they said it was Greg Owens, I was, I did write in all caps. <laughs> oh Greg Owens, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it was too obvious. And to you me. weren't being sarcastic with oh. those exclamation points. I, well, I... yeah, it was bad. All right, we're both doing great. Okay, let's, wow. let's keep going. Wow. So, what did he tell her? What are his lies that he, he spun to Betsy? He, Poor Betsy. He says he's separated and getting a divorce, but his wife has these health problems, so he has to check in on her a lot. So he goes back and forth for his job and to see the ex-wife or whatever, the one he's divorcing. And I thought, well, that seems like a pretty good relationship. That's the kind I need every two weeks. That is perfect <laughs> for me because I need my space, and I liked that. They fall in love really fast, right? And they're very romantic. It's not just painting toenails all the time. Apparently, they, like, dance in front of the neighbors. So they go on safari trips together. More hunting animals. That was rough. That's romantic. So sweet when you kill dead African animals. I love it. So he helps her start her business, which I did like, because girl power, be an entrepreneur. I love that part of it. The warrior princess thing. And then she kind of teaches Andrea to punch the bag a little. Well, this is kind of weird. They say he had told Betsy he got these special training skills in the army, which really leads you to believe that he was not in the army and not did not have any special training skills. I, right? No, I think he was I in the army. I thought it was going to be one of those episodes. I think he was in the army, but I think the special forces training might have been a bunch of baloney. It's possible. If this had been a longer episode, I think we would have gotten that his whole career was a fraud. I know. I think so, too. So he has to travel a lot on these top secret missions. And one day he says, I'm going to Afghanistan for a few weeks and I won't be able to talk to you. But then she gets a call and she hears him talking in the background. He says, good one, Rach. She's like, what? He was in America and it was a butt dial. And that was the first time we hear Dateline say butt dial out of like 27 times that they say it in this episode. Andrea should not be saying butt dial. I had a conversation with it about her saying it on Twitter. We feel like she's far too classy and should say pocket dial. And I almost feel like she would say buttocks dial because she is classy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So Betsy calls him out on it. She calls him and she's like, I know you're not in Afghanistan because you were talking to Rachel. And he says, no, you overheard like a satellite call that I was talking. Good one, Greg. No. And she doesn't buy it. She's finally on to him. And he says, well, I'm here because Rachel almost burned the house down. She had one of her episodes again. So that's why I had to. And Betsy doesn't believe it at all. She gives Greg an ultimatum, and he did not take it well. So Greg keeps calling, won't give up without a fight. Two weeks after the butt dial incident, the butt dial heard round the world, the butt dial that changed everything. That was one of butt my titles. Gate. Butt dial gate. The, <laughs> the butt dial heard dial. around the world. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so I'm going to call it butt dial gate. So Rachel was shot two weeks after 
the butt dial incident, 2014. Betsy calls him. It's like, I heard Rachel was shot. What's happening? And he says, well, somebody's targeting the people that I love. Somebody wants to frame me. They have a target on my back. So she goes home and she loads all her guns. Local police chief is her neighbor. That's where the neighbors come in. That's why they were putting up with watching her dance romantically because he's a cop and he's like, something's weird about this. I know it because any guy who paints toenails, there's a problem. So this neighbor is the police chief and had she had told him all about this double life that Greg was leading and he calls the police in whatever, Sacco? Yes. And says, this guy has a double life and the cops are like, what? Double life? That He's the top suspect now. So he starts sending Betsy these emails saying the ambush was meant for us. Go dark. Go dark. Pack your get out bag, your go bag. And it's time to go underground. And cops go to Betsy's house. And this is where I lost Betsy for sure. Like Betsy was dead to me at this point. She lies to the cops to cover for Greg and says that we're just friends because she's in love. But she prides herself on being this, like, feminist chick. I know. And she says that later. She talks about that later, how she feels like it's the worst because she was so duped and she feels so stupid about it. But here's the thing. I think she lied more out of the fact that she wanted to protect herself so that she didn't look like an idiot. Because they're going to be like, wait, you didn't know that he was living (laughs) with his other wife? I think she felt like an idiot and just didn't. I didn't want to appear stupid in front of the cops. That's what I think. I think she's... Well, I, I think, think that's a dumb reason, too. It's not... Neither of them are great reasons to lie, but at least when the FBI comes to call, she changes her tune fairly quickly. It's not like, what's her... Rosemary, from a few episodes back, when Rosemary yes. just is lying yes. the entire time, and we could have solved this case 10 years earlier if yes. Rosemary yes. wasn't a butthole. That's true. So. Rosemary was a total butthole. Yeah. So, yeah, Betsy first is like, he could not have done it. There's no way. Also, her reasoning, it seemed really dumb and totally, totally illogical. She's like, he's a trained sniper. And if he wanted her dead, she would be dead. But I thought that, too. You didn't think that? This is a military. That's why also I think we needed to find out if he was lying about his military training. Because you are kidding me. Three shots and you can't put someone down. And you have been in the army since you were 18. (laughs) And you're, no, down. but listen, and he's a hunter and you can't do it in three shots. Someone who isn't sprinting away from you like an elephant or whatever he shoots on safari. Like, what are you talking about? It was a miracle that she survived, like being shot three times in the head. One of them was in the head. Yeah, I know. But that there's no way that she should have survived that. Maybe the house was dark. She's he's used to shooting deer. And other who are fast helpless animals. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's Rachel true. doesn't seem Maybe some like some of them got away. I mean, he wasn't. And I feel better about. He it. wasn't trying to shoot Betsy, who's the warrior princess. He's trying to shoot Rachel, who's sweet. And we are actually not sure if she is suffering from early onset dementia, which makes me nuts. In this episode, we can talk about it later. That they never yeah. talk about that. Again, if it was a two-hour, they would have covered it. I'm sure. Good. Oh, so right. the prosecutors think that betsy was Wait. the motive for greg yes what? prosecutors jim chapman darcy oh, yeah. mcleewe darcy with a bump it oh totally like she had the half up half down bump it and it was but it was very snooky kind of it, it felt what? Snooky. snooky bump it. it was a lot of hair but i don't know if she just had like a larger head and that made it seem all just large and i think she had just a big head so they're, they're convinced. Oh, and I should say that Betsy changed her mind about maybe Greg did do it when she realized how severe the injuries were. And she heard how close, how there was one in the brain. Right. There was one in the brain. That means you were trying to kill somebody for sure. So she's like, okay, he must have she snapped, been trying to She kill snapped him. to it pretty quick. So yeah. yeah. So then she decided to talk. But here's the problem. It's been three weeks since the incident. And now Betsy's supposed to go home with Greg. Because he's her caretaker. No, Rachel's supposed to and, go home with Greg. Sorry, Rachel's supposed to go home with Greg because he's her caretaker. So Special Agent Pam, wearing really cute boots and has great hair, she goes to tell Rachel in the hospital. And Rachel is shook, as the kids say, right? She is, like, flabbergasted. 
Wayne is in denial, whatever that is. He doesn't buy it. He cannot believe that his dad would do that. But he he realizes pretty quickly. Greg says he had an alibi. He was 90 miles away, and he says he had sent emails that prove it. So he pleads not guilty. Betsy talks to him in jail. I don't I guess he calls her. Yeah, that's right, because that's romantic, too, calling from jail. He pledges his love to her repeatedly. He says, you're my partner, my lover, my life. And again, I want to have a moratorium on any man over the age of 50 saying the word lover. In fact, I would like no man to ever say it. Women, too. Just lover is the worst no, word. We're done with lover. Unless you live in France, don't say lover. And you're dating a Frenchman, don't say lover. Yeah. I still would vomit, honestly. I can't. But you don't, you're never going to live in France. My... F- no, no. I don't like to travel. And apologies to all of our French listeners. <laughs> Which I'm sure there are many. <laughs> I have nothing against you. I just don't like getting on airplanes or leaving my couch. So the trial starts. And here's what we got. We got one of his boots appears to match the footprint there at the crime scene. There are shell casings in a cup on his desk. Like he just leaves. That's how hunting. He is so big on guns and hunting. He just leaves shell casings in a cup on his desk. These are military people. That's the thing. No, no. They take better care of their stuff. They don't just leave it in a cup. Okay, so they get the, the swab of the DNA. Of the hair. And it matches Greg at the crime scene. Case closed. Which is right. So Andrea is, again, wearing a little collared shirt. She looks really cute. I made a note of that. Then Rachel gets to do a little winking, which is awesome because she's been shot in the head and she has the physical dexterity to do one of those full-on over-exaggerated, like, I gotcha. And she full-on winks in court. And that was her time. She's like, that was Wait, my time. But you missed that the reason she went, but he winked at Betsy. That's why the oh, beauty yeah. of the winks is that he first yeah. winks at Betsy as she takes the stand. And Betsy's like, I'm going to throw up. And then Rachel's like, I'm gonna I winked wink right at Greg. At- <laughs> <laughs> She's so sassy. I love it's her. It's great. Like, I Betsy's furious. And Rachel's like, I got this bastard. <laughs> so good. I love it. She is not under his spell anymore. And she is like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to up here and tell my truth and you are going to suffer. And then we get the defense aside. They, none of the weapons at Greg's house match the shell casings that he has in a cup. It's weird. It's not the gun that was uh, used at the crime scene is not at his house among his right, 45 so other he, guns. Yeah. Yes. So he clearly dumped it. Somewhere. At Dunkin' Donuts. They never. No. They're a uh, genius. So they never find an image of him on the road doing the drive from one place to the other. But they do have him getting coffee at Dunkin' Donuts in the morning on tape. And it was international or national, just national donut day on the same day this episode aired. And that could have been coincidental. I don't think the Wonder Woman release was coincidental, but I do think that's possible. Dateline, hit us back. Was it? Are you sponsored by? Donuts? Was it donuts or was it Wonder Woman? And can you send us uh, coupons for either? Okay, that's it. Yeah, go ahead. Or was it neither, and you just randomly pick your episodes? So they say he had been at a party in this garage, like before. So that's why his DNA was in the shards of glass on the door, the window, the door. It just it was seemed very f- stretched. Far-fetched to me, right? Am I wrong? No, it was very, so, it was very, but I feel like some of their stuff was pretty decent. The next, the email stuff that we're getting to right now seems to me pretty substantial, but... Oh, yeah. But they messed up. The alibi that he was at home seemed the clearest, uh, the most most truthful to me because the, he had sent emails that were time-stamped. When they did that teaser before the commercial break, I was like, oh... Mm-hmm. That's a really good alibi because his alibis were that he went to AMPM where they have him on tape. He went to Dunkin' Donuts where they have him on tape and that he has sent these emails that were time stamped. But, come but to see, f- I thought he could have sent an email on a timer <gasps> because they have scheduled emails. That's a good thing, too. But it's he's not even smart enough to do that. The day before the shooting, they do the Google search check and he has Googled how to change the clock on your computer. So basically how to change Google 
Chrome's time back. So he had set his clock back one hour and they have visual confirmation of him actually doing that in his computer. So why don't people do those kind of searches at the library? Or on a burner phone. Do they make burner smartphones? Don't they? Aren't, Aren't all phones smartphones now? I thought they were like flip phones. My mom's phone is a flip phone. Oh my gosh. I thought all burner phones were like flip Maybe phones. Maybe your mom has a smartphone and also a burner phone, which is the one that she shows you. <gasps> and she's just really pretending that she can't text me because she has to press each button like five times to get to the right letter. Does She doesn't want to talk to do me. You, does your mom have a double life? <gasps> that would be a twist that I would never see coming. I love it. I want it to be true. So the the manually changing the time on the computer really seals the deal, I think. And the jury finds him guilty. And Rachel is like, yes, she's so happy. (laughs) And they show Wayne, the son, and he's like kind of still sad about his dad being a killer and stuff. But I was kind of thinking, is a mom allowed to be embarrassing after she survived being shot in the head? Like, can you ever find anything she does embarrassing after that? Or do you have to just find everything cute yeah your dad tried to kill your mom she's adorable now she yeah yeah she gets away with everything totally yeah that's it so you can't just be like oh my god mom you're being so embarrassing you can't do that if she's survived no and he's also old he doesn't care he's like 31 free pass he doesn't care i am older than that and i still get embarrassed there's a big difference there your mom didn't get shot and has Mm -hmm. a bullet in her head but wouldn't that explain so much? It would, which also is now making me think that your mom actually really does have a double life. I think so. I think she survived being shot in the head in some sort of special office. She was a spy. Gone really wrong. Yes. <gasps> oh, my God. Think- this is... We solved more than one case here tonight. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> we did. I think we got an episode way more interesting than the one Dateline showed us. So, Betsy is now embarrassed, admitting she's embarrassed because she was duped by this guy. And Andrea totally rubs it in by reminding her that she, like, fights for women, empowerment, and then this guy did this to her right under her nose, which is true. This is where I felt a little bad for her. Good. She was kind of... I, I liked this part. Good. She says she's sorry, she wishes it never happened, that Rachel's is a great lady and really strong and she's so glad that she survived and she wished she didn't have to go through this. And she starts crying and she says, I wish her the best. And I kind of did forgive her a little bit for the hunting because it seemed very It was very genuine. She was when she seems caught off guard when Andrea says, is there anything you want to say to Rachel? I thought her reaction was really genuine and really sweet. You could tell she was tormented by what she had done and that she had also sort of ruined Rachel's life you know without intentionally doing so but she had so then what does Rachel say in response to to Betsy this is what was good so we agree that Betsy seemed very genuine and really meant it and then Andrea tells Rachel what Betsy said and Rachel says oh that's something that's a nice lady there. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell if she really meant it or if she was like, bitch, don't talk to me. You slept with my husband. I think she meant it. Do you think I kind of I wanted to believe she meant it, but she is very sassy. I think. She, and so I, no, and I wouldn't blame her. I think she knew it wasn't it wasn't Betsy's fault because Betsy was not told the truth. Right. That's true. That's true. I think she totally forgives her. So Rachel doesn't talk to Greg. And they say, she said, they're like, what would you say to him? And she says, it wouldn't be appropriate because Rachel is awesome. And then she goes, she goes even further and she says, he's the loser. That's the last line of the episode. I was so excited for us. It's so exciting because we do MVPs and losers and we already have a loser picked for us. It's so good. It's done. So did you have any alternative titles here? Yes, I do. But should we go into the MVP loser first since Rachel already gave us our loser? Yeah. Sure. So loser is clearly Greg. Clearly. And you better not say Betsy. But I'm sure you I'm really I'm sure you will. No. I I will say the loser is the deer head on Betsy's blog. Okay, I'll take that. Because why did it have to die? Okay. The loser is also Greg for sure. And the MVP for me is totally Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. She's awesome. And Pam. I liked Pam a lot. Pam. Yeah. Pam with the good hair. Yeah. Loved her. Yeah. Oh, also found out on Twitter, she is the only female in her FBI unit, which is pretty badass. Yeah. That's amazing. So good for Pam. So I had 
some alternate titles that are never as good as yours. So what do you have? I have Balaclava Drama. That's good. That's excellent. And then I had John Grisham wants nothing to do with this story. <laughs> because I just really felt like there were very few twists and John Grisham would be like, that would be like the novel I wrote in second grade. I do way better novels than that now. Yeah, maybe. Okay. What do you have? I have Wink, Wink, Bang, Bang. <laughs> well, that's I excellent. I thought that would be yes. a good one. I have Diamonds and Leather, A Journey into the Personal Style of Andrea Canning, because I could not get over the giant blue diamond earrings in her ears with that leather jacket. She's so classy, I don't even notice the diamonds. Okay. And then I, I just expect, I expect them. I'll, I'll give you that. Then I have Sako Toomey, because that was the name of the town, oh. sorry. And then I have, look, Jamaican me shoot you. That's why. I had. Oh my God. Oh as your as your pun of the night. You're welcome. Oh, dear God. You're welcome. Do you have any alternative theories? Oh, alternative theories for this. Honestly, okay, I don't have any alternative theories, but I want to know what you think. Was it a lie the whole time that Rachel was having early onset dementia? Or is that because here's what got me at the end is that she's living with her son now. So she obviously does need someone to take care of her. So was she actually experiencing early onset dementia? Is that why the Jamaican hat came into it? Like, is that where we're... No. I think she could have easily had to live with her son because of the recovery from being shot three times. Okay. But they said it was a long road to recovery. And also, she's a grown single woman. She might just want to live with her son after she's she's been shot three so times. So you think that Greg so, made the whole thing up? I think he exaggerated. I don't think that she was causing trouble. And I think he was laying the groundwork for probably the story about cheating so that he could have an excuse to go there and maybe setting himself up if he wasn't going to murder her for some divorce something. I don't know. I just think he was alive. Okay. That's what I want to know. That I, Sorry. I, I know that's not an alternative theory, but that was the thing that I kept getting hung up on. So what did, did you yeah. have any alternative theories? Well, I want to know where the freaking homeowners are. Yeah, that was, Do they I have did. anything to do with this? Well, he got shot. Okay, homeowner, the male homeowner was shot. Yes. The wife was fine, but... Yeah, and why was the wife fine? The girl, there was a girl on Twitter who had contrived this theory that perhaps there was something more than friendship between the two women in that house. And why was that. the husband not with the wife? Because she was by herself and didn't get shot and he did get shot and so someone thought that perhaps he had walked in on the two of them being more than friends and then gotten really angry and like shot up the they place. were in the bedroom so, she was shot in the bedroom uh, right oh boy right that's a good that's a good one who whose theory did you yeah. write down the twitter who was that i didn't even write it Damn. down all right who okay <laughs> i know what did twitter what did twitter have for us tonight that was notable twitter did not have did not have that much, honestly. We got everything and anything says, is it in Maine? Where's Jessica Fletcher? Which is not that funny. But can I say, again, I love Murder, She Wrote. Angela Lansbury, I want her to do some sort of cameo mashup with Dateline where she solves the crime. And also, that's one of the reasons I've always wanted to live in Maine or the New England area because of Cabot Cove. That makes sense. It's just, I know. Also, and really she, quick, great name for a band, the Jessica Fletchers. Good, oh, good like band that. name. All right. D yeah. Copyright, Date with Dateline. Love it. 2017. Taggy Angel has your answer for the Jamaican hat. <laughs> okay. Maybe they watched Cool Runnings before going to yeah, bed. Yeah, there we go. There, that's it. I think she was having a dream. They did show his balaclava, whatever, ski mm -hmm. mask, and it had some green on it. Mm. And someone else thought they saw some maybe yellow or red. I can't remember the other color that's in the Jamaican flag. But they thought that somehow that got transposed in her mind because it did have some similar colors on it. Okay. That's what someone thought. Okay. So it, I don't know. Queen Coco, why the other woman always look uglier than the wife? Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, not, not everyone liked Betsy. I don't think she was worth leaving uh, sweet Rachel for that. Will Richardson, hey ladies, when a married man wants to bump you up to first class, just eat your peanuts, ignore the crying baby, and buy some Sky Mall. He's right. It's way safer. It might not be as enjoyable, Safe, but it's safety safer. first. Yes. Queen Coco again says, Rachel says, 
that's a nice lady there, a.k.a. that hoe needs to keep her my name out of her mouth. <laughs> Janice, Janice says, <laughs> I will say it for you, Rachel. You're still a homewrecker, Betsy, but thank you for the kind words. <laughs> and then Kaiser Soze, another one of my favorites, Yay. says, maybe Greg accidentally butt shot his wife. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Doesn't make a lot of sense. good, though. But I like it. That's great. So uh, what do you give this episode? How many cell phone pings? Oh, I gave this one a 3.2. It was okay. It wasn't. That's pretty high, though. Uh, I mean, it was okay. It was also hard. We're going back down to the hour format. So I feel like we did not get the information we are used to. Well, I feel like the two hours is so too long sometimes. For some of them, yeah. this one, one hour felt so rushed. Yeah, it did. It did. It felt like they were skipping over so many things that they left hanging at the end. We didn't get our answers. Uh, so I'm going to give it a two. I really just <gasps> wow. did not enjoy this episode Low. that much. I wasn't that crazy about the other woman, but I love Rachel. So she would never hunt. And uh, yeah, so it's just so sweet. There was no, there was not a lot of bad haircuts to make fun no. of. And I always enjoy that. It was kind of disappointing. Everyone kind of had their act together. Well. Well, except for the shooting and the, you know, attempted murder. But I think that's, I should move to New England. I really, I liked it. I'm going to move to London. I am going to point, I'm going to point this out right now that every episode so far, you have said that perhaps you should move to the town that it's set in. We had (laughs) Tucson. You were going to go to Tucson. (laughs) You were going to go. Really? With the heat? I said that with the heat? You were going to go to Tucson because you thought that maybe you could get a man in Tucson. And then you thought maybe you could get a man in Montana at the the fracking site that made six figures. Six figures, yeah. Yeah. And now you're moving to Londonderry for Jessica Fletcher, who doesn't live there. Or Anne cute baby face big lips cop was married he was kind of cute oh no he wasn't married oh. we don't know that was the other guy yeah okay maybe yeah nick his name was nick then look him yeah. up yeah i could have a nice little life in new england married to a cop and get to hear about murder all the time it doesn't sound so bad and it's not so hot in like it is in tucson and it would be uh better it, there I it'd think, be cold though weather. you can't do cold you can't do that kind of cold i would just stay inside with the heat on okay i could do that and snuggle up with nick <laughs> well you've got it all figured out that's good. I think it seems like a nice life. We'll see where you want to move and next And maybe week. I could afford some expensive cheese. <laughs> Finally. I'll finally get my expensive cheese going. Alternative title for this episode, Kimberly Finally Gets Her Cheese. <laughs> okay. I got to go and work on my night cheese. And <laughs> Working on my night cheese. <laughs> Everybody, don't watch alone. Bye-bye.